Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Today is Thursday, February 13th, 2020. 
Up next, a Roland Martin Unfiltered exclusive interview with Lee Saunders, president of AFSCME, about building political power year-round and not just at election time. We're also going to talk about health care and why unions uh, have their own view about Medicare for all. Protesters blocked the entrance to Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot's office to draw attention to how gentrification will hurt low-income residents of the city as the Obama Presidential Center is being built. Yes, they want a real initiative to take care of the community, even though it's Obama. On the tales of his impeachment victory, Donald Trump is planning to install federal judges who could vote the Voting Rights Act. No shock, he's already been doing that. Also, Reverend William Barber is rallying voters in North Carolina, but early voting begins today. An Oregon man complained to his boss about discrimination and ended up being arrested. After 25 years in prison for a double murder, a man is free by an undisclosed letter. Also, an example of some really bad airplane etiquette. Trust me, when I show you this video, oh, I would love for somebody to act a fool like that if I'm flying and I recline my seat. Y'all might have to call an air marshal. And who else is now backing Mike Bloomberg? The money is flowing left and right. I'll tell you about the latest black endorsements and what that means. It's time to bring the funk on Roland Martin Unfiltered. Let's go. He's got it. Whatever the miss, he's on it. Whatever it is, he's got the scoop, the fact, the find. And when it breaks, he's right on time. And it's rolling. Best believe he's knowing. Putting it down from sports to news to politics. With entertainment just for kicks, he's rolling.
Today is Thursday, February 13th, 2020. Up next on Roland Martin Unfiltered, an exclusive interview with Lee Saunders, president of AFS-CME, about building political power year-round and not just at election time. We're also going to talk about health care and why unions uh, have their own view about Medicare for all. Protesters blocked the entrance to Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot's office to draw attention to how gentrification will hurt low-income residents of the city as the Obama Presidential Center is being built. Yes, they want a real initiative to take care of the community, even though it's Obama. On the tales of his impeachment victory, Donald Trump is planning to install federal judges who could vote the Voting Rights Act. No shock, he's already been doing that. Also, Reverend William Barber is rallying voters in North Carolina, but early voting begins today. An Oregon man complained to his boss about discrimination and ended up being arrested. After 25 years in prison for a double murder, a man is free by an undisclosed letter. Also, an example of some really bad airplane etiquette. Trust me, when I show you this video, oh, I would love for somebody to act a fool like that if I'm flying and I recline my seat. Y'all might have to call an air marshal. And who else is now backing Mike Bloomberg? The money is flowing left and right. I'll tell you about the latest black endorsements and what that means. It's time to bring the funk on Roller Martin Unfiltered. Let's go. He's got it. Whatever the miss, he's on it. Whatever it is, he's got the scoop, the fact, the find. And when it breaks, he's right on time. And it's rolling. Best believe he's knowing. Putting it down from sports to news to politics. With entertainment just for kicks, he's rolling. engagement shouldn't be a thing we do just around presidential elections. I've been saying that, folks, for a long time. This must be a constant thing. In fact, if you actually read Dr. King's book, Chaos of Community, Where Do We Go From Here? He literally said the exact same thing. He wrote that in 1967, that you have to have year-around engagement around the issues that matter. Well, AFSCME has partnered with black leaders organizing for communities to encourage building power year-around. Uh, joining us right now is Lee Saunders. He visited Wisconsin to talk with some of the organizers there. Here's some of that video, and then we'll come back and chat with him. I'm here in Milwaukee on my way to meet Angela Lang from Black Leaders Organizing for Communities. Block is a dynamic grassroots organization that is all about building long-term political power with a new vision for civic engagement. Let's see how they do it. Block launched in November of 2017 with the idea that we were going to not wait for a candidate, we're not going to wait for a party, we're going to educate our folks ourselves. We're going to empower people, we're going to do year-round civic engagement, um, we're going to make sure people understand the power that they have within themselves to make a difference in this political system that often excludes us. And you're actually using, and I think you call them ambassadors. Yes. Uh, who go around and knock on doors and listen, not only talk, but listen. Uh, to the folks that, uh, that open up that door and want to talk about the issues that confront them. We knew that we wanted to do things differently. So Ambassador is kind of just a canvasser with a twist. 
people see our really aggressive ground game. They see that our ambassadors are deeply trained. They're not just, you know, being transactional. Can you vote for this candidate? Yes or no. It's deeper conversations. It's more meaningful conversations. We were able to do over 227,000 door attempts just in 2018 alone. That's the importance of having, number one, a year-round program where you don't leave, where yeah. you don't pack up and leave and then wait until the next election, where you have a presence uh, in the community at all times. So right now we're in the 53206 zip code. Um, a lot of our ambassadors live in the zip code and live actually in the surrounding areas. And this zip code is home to the most incarcerated zip code in the country. And so that's why it was important for us to make sure that we had an office space that was here. Um, even though we do our work all across the north side, we wanted to show a little extra love to 53206, just given its challenges. And since you're in Milwaukee, I have some ambassadors I'd like you to meet. That's great. Let's do it. Block did a lot for me. Me coming from the streets, selling drugs, going in and out the penitentiary. It really opened my eyes back up, like, damn, you know, I'm really hurting my community when I can be helping my community. Let's not cry here. <laughs> Block is the change. I have a term that I, I use, and it's, uh, this is what the change looked like, and the change is me. I been was fighting, but it was the wrong fight. Now I'm in the right fight. Block changed me because I was never into politics, and now I'm more down than ever. Well, we won in 2018, right? Scott Walker is no longer around. I mean, that's a good thing. But we also know that that fight and that struggle never ends. We have a proud and rich history uh, with the Civil Rights Movement. Dr. King was closely involved with our union, and some of you know this. In 1968, when he went to Memphis, Tennessee, those sanitation workers were represented by AFSCME, Local 1733. And everyone in this room knows the story. He ultimately gave his life supporting those sanitation workers. Dr. King understood the connection between economic rights, labor rights, civil rights, human rights. You're doing the work that Dr. King believed in every single day that he gave his life for. You're reconnecting with your communities. You're knocking on doors. You're not only talking with folks and sharing information with them, but you are listening to what they have to say. Nobody can do that better than you. Because you're from here. We're building a movement block by block in Milwaukee and across the country. People understand and know what you are doing. How many politicians have come in wanting to talk to you? A lot. Okay, a lot. <laughs> if they're talking to you and they're making those promises and commitments, then you've got to hold them accountable. And if not, then you kick their ass. I mean, simple as that. Excuse my friend. Excuse my friend. I mean, you've got, to, you've got to hold them accountable. With that, I don't want to keep you any longer. You're supposed to be knocking on doors this afternoon, right? Uh, but uh, I just want to say thank you on behalf of the 1.4 million members of AFSCME, and let's get the job done, okay? Let's get the job done. Thank you very much. Thank you.
right, folks, joining me now for an exclusive interview uh, is Lee Saunders, president of Ask Me. Uh, so, Lee, glad to have you here. Before I talk about that, I got, obviously, all this political drama is crazy. Uh, the election was going on, Iowa, New Hampshire, now you got Nevada coming up. A lot of people, they really upset with Bernie's people attacking the culinary union because they because they won't endorse him. When you were at the CBC uh, Leadership Summit, when health care came up, you talked about that, and there's all this sort of back and forth, Medicare for all, but there are a lot of union folks who are going, like, wait a minute, hold up. Now, now we, we busted our butts for, very, for the health plans now. What do you make of just how this issue has now become so contentious with Democratic candidates and uh, labor unions who historically are supporting Democrats? Well, this is my response, Roland. I think that we've got to stay focused on what's happening. And all of the Democrats are coming up with programs either to build upon the ACA, Obamacare, or to talk about Medicare for all and single payer. All of those things that would be beneficial for working families. Right. Whether it's uh, having health care affordable for families or providing health care for all across the country. And we're one of the few industrialized countries that don't do that. Right. Okay? Now, you look at the other side, and the other side is they want to tear ACA apart. No, they want, they want to abolish the benefit. it. They want to they abolish, abolish it. it. <laughs> they want to tear it apart. They want to abolish it. And they want to start from scratch. And you don't even know what they're talking about because well, they, they have, don't have a plan. But they haven't offered anything. They have no plan. So my point is we're a union that supports Medicare for all. We, but our members support affordable quality care for all and health care for all. Now, you've got to sit at the table and talk about how you get that done. Right. And what you improve and how you can improve upon what exists currently that has gone a long way to improve health care in this country. I don't want to get into a battle. You know, we can, we can do that later. All right? But right now, yeah, you're first faced you got, you with two You got to win. You got to win. And you've got a clear choice. Somebody that wants to go backwards and take health care away from you, reduce the kinds of benefits that you've been getting that ACA called for, or you build upon that program and talk about how we can improve the system. And I had to remind people that when, when you saw mm -hmm. the polling numbers of the people who were against the Affordable Care Act, it was not all people who were against the Affordable Care Act. There were people who were progressive who actually wanted something bolder than the Affordable That's Care true. Act. The problem is, when you were watching television, they kept lumping it together versus saying, okay, old folks, here's the percentage of people who do not support the Affordable Care Act, but here are the people who actually support it, but they want something as larger. That's why, that's why when you saw a majority of Americans not supporting the Affordable Care Act, it was Republicans kept saying, see, majority of Americans. No, 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 that's not what that number was. And that was something that I kept yelling at the screen with, with these media people who were not saying. So you're seeing this play out right now among Democrats where you have people who have differing views on, yes, is it Affordable Care Act? Is it public option? Is it Medicare for all? So the reality is you're actually on the same side. It's just a matter of what can, how, what can you actually get past? And how you get there. Right. How you get there. And again, we've got to keep focused. I mean, and it's real clear what's happening. You have folks that want to take away the progress that was made with ACA versus folks that want to build upon it or improve it to include more Americans and at an affordable rate. You also, to me, but you also can't have, you cannot have Sanders people or anyone else attacking the culinary union because they have a differing view. Of course To not. me, that, 
does not help anybody because at the end of the day, you can sit here and be all for your person, but that means nothing if your side loses. And the campaign came out uh, and said uh, that they did not mean to, con to, to, to confront those culinary workers because, let me tell you something, they spent a lot of time blood, sweat, and tears developing that health care plan right. that they all rely upon. Right. So you can't attack them by saying, you know, you're wrong and you've got to accept this. I mean, they believe in this plan, but you can work with right. this. You can work with them. Don't attack them. I mean, we sh we've got to be on the same page at the end of this process. Right, absolutely, absolutely. So let's talk about this initiative here. Uh, I, I mentioned in the intro, uh, again, if you read Chaos Hill Community, uh, King understood you cannot achieve results if you pop up, then it goes away, then you pop it back up. No, it has to be a sustained movement uh, that's not only registering people, not only getting to the polls, but as I keep saying, the, end, the, the election is the end of one process, the beginning of another. Once you vote, if your person gets in, now you gotta make sure they do what you, they said they were gonna do, and if your person didn't win, you were still a constituent. You know, we had to look at this because, to be quite honest with you, we did what we are so much against right now in the past, where we would parachute people in maybe two or three weeks mm -hmm. before the election, knock on doors and expect people to react in a positive way to us. And then we would leave right after that election was over with. So what have you built? Right. There's no foundation there. Well, also what you did There's was no you, you actually had this great, this thing in your hand that you just went, okay, so all that door knocking, all those names and addresses and emails and numbers and all this sort of stuff, it was kind of like, okay, it's over. And then you re had to go back and That's rebuild start over it. Again. Start over again. But the beauty of Block and other organizations, because we're doing this in other cities across the country through what we call our For Our Future program, where we actually work with existing community organizations, people who live in those communities. Right. We send them to a, a pretty good, a pretty strong training program, and they get on the doors and they talk about the issues right. that people care about. Not only do they talk about the issues, but they listen to what folks have to say when they're knocking on those doors. Well, and they are doing this That's the Ella Baker round. model. They're, I mean, using, that, they're doing this year-round. Well, that's the Ella Baker model. Yeah. Ella Baker's whole deal was she did not believe and she disagreed where, where she and King differed a whole lot. She disagreed with parachuting in. Her deal to SNCC folks were, trust me, they don't have a lot of education, but them black sharecroppers, they know what they're talking about. Go in, listen to them, and say, what do y'all want to do? You know, we had a session, and, and you saw it on the video, where we sat with a number of the block, and they don't call them organizers, they call them ambassadors, mm -hmm. okay? And I learned about their history. Some have been incarcerated. All of them had some very tough lives, okay? But they got and they grasped what block was doing and they wanted to be a part of it and they understood the connection that they could make with the, their sisters and brothers that were living in the same community, but you had to reach out to them. Mm -hmm. And you continually have to reach out to them. It's not every six months. It's not once a year. You've got to contact them directly so you develop a program around that. Block is not about going in telling somebody how to vote or who to vote for. Block is about educating and mobilizing and organizing their communities 
So people, number one, have a chance to voice their concerns around mm -hmm. the issues that impact on them right. and their families and their communities, but then they can act upon it because they're organized. Well, what this also does, though, is with this, to me, I think the value is that you remove a candidate or a party from this. So you're not turning people out to support a candidate or support a party. You're defining the issues that people care about. And then when the election comes, who then lines up That's exactly with right. those issues? Exactly right. Exactly right. And people might ask the question, well, why is AFSME so engaged in this? You know, public service union? Because the people that are being talked to rely upon public services in their communities, and they want to see strong public services. So there's a connection, just like there was a connection when Dr. King would always say, economic rights, civil rights, labor rights, human rights, they're all connected. They don't stand alone. They're all connected. And what we do is bring all of those rights together and talk with folks so they can make up in their own minds what needs to be done in their own respective communities. And let me tell you, when you give people those tools and you listen to what they've got to say, they make the right choices. I was, when I was in Ghana, I was there with uh, Desmond Mead and Sheena Mead behind Amendment 4 in Florida. And one of the things that Desmond said was that here they had this whole infrastructure, all these people who were surrounding, obviously, uh, Amendment 4, but then they were able to then send their people out into those public housing complexes into those community centers, into those neighborhoods, uh, and to the same thing, talking about the issues, and then they begin to impact other elections. Mm -hmm. and, and again, and that's, and, and that, when you, even when you go, so when you use the word organizer, okay, the root word is simple, organize. You, can, it, 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 you, can, you cannot change something where it's just sort of haphazard and it's every now and then, yes, you have to actually organize people, uh, you know, house by house, you know, uh, street by street, block, block by, by block. block. Yep. I mean, that's just, that, 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 like, this, this ain't rocket science. And, and I think what happened was, I think for so many political campaigns, they got so caught up in run the, run the TV ads, run the radio ads, uh, and, yes, yeah, send folks in two, three weeks out, and then you wonder why people are disengaged. You know, and it doesn't work, and we've got proof that that doesn't work, that that model doesn't work. If you look at 2016, before this program, before Block was in place, or before we had any other programs in place, in 2016, folks in the black community, the voting percentage was way down. Right. Way down in 2016. Block started up really from For Our Future after 2016 and then turning into Block. Mm -hmm. In 2018, the community was engaged, the community was organized, and they were educated. And I will say this, if it wasn't for Block, we may not have won the governor's race in 2018 in Wisconsin. Right. But there was a clear choice. There you go. Right? And they knew what the issues were. They understood those issues, and they voted based upon the education that they had received and what they believed in and what they thought would be beneficial for their own communities. So it, that just proves that this, that this works, and we're going to continue to do it. I, I got a column today. A couple more questions for you. I got a column today, uh, my email. Here we go to my iPad. Um, from Latino Decisions. Uh, and the headline is called Apathy in Texas. And in this piece, they talk about the fact that you have 2 million eligible but unregistered Latinos in Texas. Now, the reason 
Um, and, and they say in here, based upon the numbers or whatever, what it would take, they say it probably will take uh, an investment of about $40 million. But what they talked about was how you're going to have to organize them. As they say, it has to be a census-style effort. Um, and they say uh, voter registration groups on the ground in Texas tell me it costs between 10 and 30 bucks to register each new voter. If we assume a $20 average, roughly, roughly $40 million is needed to register the $2 million remaining unregistered Latinos. Now, here's what's interesting, as you're describing Block. 2012, Obama beats Romney. I'm waiting to go on CNN, and then Congressman Chris Van Hollen, now senator, he's over the re-election campaign for the House Democrats. And I bring up at the time, it was 2.1 million eligible unregistered. I bring up 900,000 in Georgia. And I say, look, there has to be a massive investment. You're going to have to move people in and be, build within communities. And pretty much it was kind of like poop hearted. And I said, dude, that right there flips the state. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I said, you don't have a single Democrat like the statewide in Texas. I said, if you look at the numbers, if you take a 70-30 split, I said, you don't even need the $2 million. If you only do half of this, Republicans win in Texas by around 250,000, 300,000 votes. I said, you do half of this, you flip the entire state. But that, that's, that's the kind of long-range thinking mm -hmm. that people are going to have to use. They're going to have to get out of this the next campaign thing and go, no, you have to look at this thing as a long-term plan and not just the next election. And let, let me say this. We are not declaring, meaning my union, ownership over this program. We want more people engaged in this. We need more resources so we can have these community organizations coming up so we can mobilize the folks in those communities to do exactly what you said. And we know that it makes a difference. All you have to do is look at what happened in 2018 in communities that were educating and mobilizing in this fashion. We've got to do the same thing. We can't turn backwards now. We've got to do it for 20 and 22 and 24 and beyond. That's the way that you truly engage our communities across America. All right, then. Well, where can people get more information? They want to look it up. Where, can, where, where do they go? They just need to look up Block, or they can get in contact with our website, AFSCME.org. And uh, it explains what we're doing and what we're trying to do with the number of programs that we're investing in. And we're asking people to, to take a look at it. And if you've got some, got some resources to help, to help out with these programs, because that's the way that we can win. All right. Lisa Hollander, I appreciate it, man. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me, man. Uh, all right, okay. then. Got to go to a break. When we come back, we're going to talk a number of things. Mike Bloomberg, black endorsements. We're going to talk about uh, the presidential campaign. All of that next. Roller Martin Unfiltered. Back in a moment. You want to check out Roland Martin Unfiltered? YouTube.com forward slash Roland S. Martin. And subscribe to our YouTube channel. There's only one daily digital show out here that keeps it black and keep it real. It's Roland Martin Unfiltered. See that name right there? Roland Martin Unfiltered. Like, share, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's YouTube.com forward slash Roland S. Martin. And don't forget to turn on your notifications so when we go live, you'll know it. You are not judged from the height you have risen, but from the depth you have climbed. Abolitionist and autobiographer, Frederick Douglass. Hello. 
I'm Dr. Avis, and this is Black History Month. Now, I know at this time of the year, we typically look back at those important historical figures that have made a substantial dent in American history or world history or specific uh, occurrences that relate to our advancement as a people. And as important as that is, particularly since our history is left out of most school curriculums, I think at this time of the year, we should also be very intentional about learning a little bit about those individuals who made a difference that aren't in any history books. Each of us have people in our families that paved a way for us to achieve what we have achieved today. When I think about my family, I think about the stories I heard of my mother's parents who organized the community members in their space in Virginia, their little rural town in Virginia, to get all of the black parents of their day to pull their money together so that they could buy a school bus and then take turns driving that school bus to get their children to school each day. Because when my mom was a little girl, the segregated state of Virginia did not provide transportation for black school, ch school children. And I know that we all have stories like that. And so to celebrate Black History Month this year, I'm going to challenge you to take advantage of the rich history that is in your family today. Talk to your mother, talk to your grandmother, talk to your dad, talk to aunts and uncles. Find out those little known stories that made a big impact in all of our lives that ultimately created the living history that we still exist and celebrate to this very day. Thank you. been walking with my face turned to the sun weight on my shoulders a bullet in my gun oh I got eyes in the back of my head just in case I have And the stars fill the night That's when I'm gonna stand up Take my people with me Together we are going To a brand new home Far across the river Can you hear freedom calling Calling me to answer Gonna keep on keeping on I can feel it
that, folks, uh, of course, was a great video there from Tyler Perry. I saw it was on the Instagram page and his Twitter page, uh, and so I had to go ahead and uh, play it. And so I was actually coming, coming, coming into the office. So I texted him. I said, "Yo," I said, "I'm playing that video." Uh, I said because I mean that was just a really great video, and I really love the end. Take someone with you. And you know, a lot of people criticize Tyler Perry. People talk about, oh, you know, why is he the only writer on his shows? But trust me, you see that video? It's a whole bunch of people with his plays, with his movies, with his studio who he's actually employing. And so I just really, really love that video. And so that's why I want to go ahead and play it for y'all. All right, folks, Chicago residents stage a sit-in outside the office of Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot's office in City Hall this week, demanding a meeting to discuss preserving affordable housing near the site of the Obama Presidential Center. Organizers are demanding 30% set-asides for affordable housing stemming from new development and for all redeveloped city land to be 100% affordable. Joining me now to talk about this is one of the organizers, Ashley Giles Perkins of uh, Black Youth Project 100 Chicago. Ashley, how are you doing? Hey, how are you doing? So here's what's interesting. I remember when, like, this has been going on for quite some time, and I remember reading a story either in the Sun-Times or Chicago Tribune where so some of the Obama people were not too particularly pleased by saying, well, it's all these different organizations, you know, who do we sign community agreements with? you got the Woodlawn Association. you got others there as well. Uh, right. you had an another group, of course, who's been fighting the center completely. They don't want them to touch Jackson Park, to do this Tiger Woods golf course and all this sort of stuff along those lines. Uh, and so... Uh, with, with all of that, uh, how are y'all trying to ensure that you're having sort of one voice, one mind in, in terms of dealing with this, as opposed to having this group and that group and this group and that group, that group all tr all vying for uh, this project or, or this, this agreement? Yeah, I would say that there is um, one group, and I would call us the as the coalition members is the Obama um, Community Benefits Agreement Coalition, and that is made up of. I'd say six or seven core groups, and then there are um, the allies, so other people that have signed on to the platform. Uh, so I got involved with the campaign through uh, Black Youth Project 100. I'm uh, one of the Chicago chapter members, and we are in conjunction with um, organizations such as Kenwood Oakland um, Community Organization, there's STOP, Southside Together Organizing for Power, uh, Westside Justice, and a lot of other organizations that have been meeting, um, I'd say at this point for five years. Right. Um, this is the group that put together the um, original petitions. This is the group that helped to get the referendum on the ballots. This is the same group that has been meeting um, monthly, if not weekly, to write the ordinance. Um, and through the work of nonprofit lawyers, um, such as Chicago Lawyers Committee, be able to introduce that into city council where it's been sitting now since July. Um, folks, uh, here, go to my iPad. Uh, folks, this is the website called Community Benefits Agreement, CBA for the area around the Obama Center. This is the website. Uh, as you heard Ashley talking, I click Coalition right here, and you'll see it. Uh, you see Allied Members right here on the website, Alliance of the Southeast, Brighton Park Neighborhood Council, Bronzeville Regional Collective, Chicago Jobs Council, Chicago Rehab Network, Chicago Teachers Union, Chicago Women in Trades, Community Renewal Society, Friends of the mm -hmm. Parks, Indivisible Southside, Metropolitan Tenants Organization, Reparations at U Chicago, Service Employees International Union, Healthcare Illinois, Indiana, Showing Up for Racial Justice, Southside Chicago Democratic Socialists of America, Voorhees Center for Neighborhood and Community Improvement uh, at UIC, Wolfpack, Woodlawn Baptist Church, Woodlawn East Community, and Neighbors. And, of course, 
uh, you know, uh, BYP 100 as well. And, and Ashley, what was interesting to a lot of people is that here you have uh, President Barack Obama mm -hmm. gets his start as a community organizer in Chicago. Uh, and they're, they're doing this. Uh, and in matter of fact, I just saw that he's going to be, you know, he, he was last in Chicago in October. Pretty much doesn't live in Chicago anymore. I mean, no. uh, and in fact, was there in October, is going to be back this weekend moderating a panel with uh, three NBA players. And so it'll be the first time since he's been there since October. Uh, have y'all been surprised at uh, the unwillingness uh, to sit down and do a strong deal, knowing full well that he was one of the very folks who was doing this work before he became president or before his state right. senator? Um, I wouldn't say surprised. I think that there were um, a lot of the organizers, a lot of the um, people that I've learned from are older, um, they are seniors, and they are part of these tenant associations, and they live in buildings where um, they don't have a lot of autonomy, um, and they are often displaced much easier because the entire building, you know, you can displace hundreds of units at a time if you shut down an entire building or raise rents in an entire building. So a lot of the seniors um, were always kind of had a been there, done that attitude. Um, people that were displaced out of Bronzeville, people that had been displaced from Hyde Park and Kenwood that are now in South Shore or now in Woodlawn um, were prepared to come up with this plan B option. Um, ideally, we would have wanted an actual community benefits agreement with the presidential center and the uh, foundation. Um, but what ended up happening is it's actually going through the city now, going through as an ordinance um, that is going to be fueled by the aldermen and alderwomen of the city. Um, and so people were prepared to do that because in the past, developers have been unwilling to negotiate and honestly don't have to legally um, be beholden to the community. So we would hope that leaders like Obama and others would stand up. Um, and I'm sure if he put his you know, hat behind it, it would have happened. Um, but they were actually pretty resistant and said very clearly that you know, it wasn't necessary that he trusts the um, Obama presidential, the foundation, um, they're a nonprofit, they're for the people, you know, they're familiar with the area, and that, that essentially a community benefits agreement just wasn't necessary. Um, and so no one in the coalition believed that, and so we were ready to organize um, and move people in different ways, such as the referendum, which passed at 80 and 85 and 90 percent in these wards where the people are most impacted. And that's it. And look, I mean, I, I get, I, I totally understand I, their position. Hey, uh, trust us, trust us. Uh, but look, I spent six years working in Chicago. I ran the Chicago Defender, uh, had a, uh, 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 first of all, a midday show, then a morning show on WVON radio. Uh, and the reality is black folks in Chicago have heard a whole lot, trust us, trust us. Correct. And then when it happened, uh, folks got left out. And so I get the sense from these community groups, they're saying, mm -mm, damn that, put it down on paper. Correct. Put it in writing. Yes. What's next? Well, there was um, an action uh, this week. Essentially, the coalition, we are in an escalation stage right now. Um, we introduced this, as I said, uh, back in July. Um, and to date, it has never been on the agenda in the housing committee. There's no way for it to ever reach the floor of city council if it doesn't get through the committee. Um, so we did some actions in the summer, such as having a um, kind of a walking tour with the housing uh, chair 
um, going through the area, walking him through the history, having them meet with residents and look at historical sites um, and landmarks that are within the region that would be impacted. Um, we have been meeting with different groups. The city has been having meetings that we've been either invited to or maybe not invited to attend at all. Um, and so at this stage, we have shifted to um, the mayor, um, who we believe has a lot of say-so in what can get happened and what can't happen. The city has responded with their own ordinance um, that they have introduced. Um, it was going to be called up until the meeting um, that we had on Tuesday during the sit-in. Uh, there was a sit-in just this past week um, in front of the mayor's office um, at City Hall and essentially residents um, just demanding to be heard, um, not really in support of this city ordinance. Um, there's a lot of things missing from the ordinance. Some of the most crucial things, such as different set-asides, um, some of the things that they did put in, like tenants' right of first refusal is nice on paper, but if people are, don't have funds for it, um, it's not as effective. We really feel that city land should be set aside um, affordable. We believe that some of the terms that the city is using, affordable is in air quotes. Um, and really, when you look at the median income of the area, it's $23,000. And the city has set their base at 40000 That's already a huge gap. And for that to be the minimum, um, and then for them to base rents off of that price, it's already affordable for people, unaffordable for people who are currently living there. Um, and we know from some of our coalition partners, such as Chicago Coalition from the Homeless and Chicago Teachers Union, this impacts students as well. Students that are homeless, students that are beholden to what happens in their neighborhoods because they have families that live there. Uh, and so we're just really escalating because this is immediate. It's winter time and people are being displaced. All right, Ashley Giles Perkins, BYP 100 Chicago. We appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Yeah, thank you so much. All right, I want to introduce my panel, Erica Savage Wilson. She, of course, with the Savage Politics Podcast. Also, Dr. Greg Carr. He is chair of Department of Afro American Studies, Howard University, Reese Colbert. Black Women's Views. All right, folks, um, let's, let's do with this here because actually, I want to combine the discussion with Lee Saunders and AFSME and this discussion. I mean, this is what organizing is supposed to be about. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, they're going through their aldermen. They have a specific agenda, specific uh, requests, and that's how you try to get stuff happen. I mean, at the end of the day, the city officials are going to put forth their own thing, and that's going to pass or not pass based on the pressure that these folks put forth. But I think this is a prime example of the importance of actually having skin in the game and getting in there and trying to advocate in a number of ways, not just protesting, but actual um, uh, partnerships with elected officials. Mm -hmm. And and look, bottom line is their whole deal, this whole idea, you know, trust us is like, nah. <laughs> I mean, it might be Obama, but nah, we ain't playing that mm -hmm. trust us game. No, and Obama knows better than this. He, he made his bones in so-called community organizing. Mm -hmm. um, but the history of this country is the history of urbanization and suburbanization. Yeah. I mean, post-World War II, you see decisions by city planners like Robert Moses in New York to say, we'll work in the cities and live in the suburbs. Mm. That's when they plow through many of these urban areas with the highways that displace many people and mm. create these things. And now they've decided to reverse the trend. Mm. Now we're going to live and work in the city. Mm -hmm. There is no plan in urban planning for the people that are being represented here. And the only thing they have to fight back with is their bodies. Right. BYP has done some remarkable work over the years. They're in Baltimore, they're other places. Mm -hmm. And it's wonderful to see this tradition in Chicago open up for a new generation. Because sixty to $100,000 
$250,000 a year is not affordable housing for people who are struggling day by day. And look, Erica, bottom line is here. Uh, I said this consistently. Um, if anybody wants to question that, I got receipts. I said point blank, just because Obama was elected does not mean that certain things will get done. We have to push those things. Uh, and I think that for far too many of us, we, we were the only ones who stayed at the inauguration parade for eight years. <laughs> Everybody else left. <laughs> we were still just in awe of a black first family. Mm -hmm. uh, and the reality is there were things that African Americans did not advocate for mm -hmm. and push President Obama to do like other groups did. Yep. What these black folks and others in Chicago are saying is, look, we love you, that's great. <laughs> the idea of this presidential center, they see what's going on. Mm -hmm. It's going to be development all around it. They know it's going to mean housing. It's going to mean businesses. This whole idea. And look, I'm a golfer. I played at Jackson Park. It needs to be improved. Mm -hmm. So to have Tiger Woods coming in talking about, hey, I'm going to develop in the city mm -hmm. this 18-hole championship course. People who are golfers there, especially a lot of the older golfers, don't want to be priced out. Mm -hmm. uh, having to pay 80, 90 bucks a round. So yes. you have to figure out, you know, what do you do for, for those folks as well? But I'm with them. No, you got to put this on paper. We, yeah. we ain't just going to sit here and play the trust us game. Absolutely. And then we also have to look at, too, the 2017 Tax Cuts and Job Act, right? Mm. That opened the door for Opportunity Zones. So you had governors that said, listen, we're designating 25% of our lands to whomever would like to come in with their capital gains tax and make an investment, mm -hmm. right? Um, so what I love what these groups are doing because this does show the power of grassroots organization. This does show the fusion of that also with protests merging together right. for people who are about doing the work right. as you when you spoke with Mr. Saunders. And mm -hmm. that's what's important. You know, people thinking that Twitter, social, all these other platforms <laughs> is a mm -hmm. form of activism seeing what these young people are doing, seeing what Black is doing, that is actual activism. Right. It is a seven-day-a-week job mm -hmm. that actually um, is embedded in the community mm -hmm. and it informs people. Mm -hmm. And what I found interesting about all of this as well is that when you're talking about being priced out, mm -hmm. um, I'm thinking about that gentleman that was interviewed a few weeks ago when um, they were actually excavating um, the homeless from K Street oh, yeah. who said that, yeah. listen... If you don't have 80K, you cannot afford to live in D.C. Exactly. In this piece that, you're, um, that you sent us, Roland, you're talking about there was a line that said lower-income people being folks that are making 60K and below. Exactly. For 60K to be considered lower-income, right. um, there is definitely something for everybody to do in this um, moment in time, and I'm just going to continue to say it every day. Um, everybody, welcome to the civil rights era of your time. There mm. is a lot of work to do, Come on, Eric. and yes. a lot of feet, and a lot of hands, and places to go. And that's why. And that's why what, what Aspie is doing with Block is important because, mm -hmm. uh, again, uh, you know, you know, and and people say, okay, you say this sort of stuff, but but no. As, look, I've taken the time, not just to listen to a speech, mm -hmm. or see a quick video. Mm -hmm. uh, I go beyond, uh, you know, the Black History in Two Minutes videos that Skip <laughs> Gates is doing. Yes, sir. Yes, and sir. And I've actually taken the time and said, no, no, how do you study the movement? Mm -hmm. Like, literally reading... Y'all, if, if y'all go to YouTube, I want you to go, I want you to go and watch my interview with Dr. James Lawson. It was Dr. Lawson, who was the one who they were behind the Nashville movement. And what he said was this here. He said, we spent three months 
solely discussing why we were doing this. Mm-hmm. Right. Then they spent three months right. discussing what we wanted to do. Right. right. Come on. Right. Now, today, groups get together, and within yeah. an hour and a half, right. a web site's already up, a Twitter account's already <laughs> been open, <laughs> uh, and then all of a sudden, we can call this person, we can line here, let's throw this event mm-hmm. all in the first hour and a half. Mm-hmm. That's right. But the reality is, you have to be thinking long-term, and, and, and that is the thing that when, when, when you study these movements, when you, when you study, okay, what are we gonna do on Saturday, but no, but what's gonna happen on Monday, then Tuesday, uh-huh. then Wednesday, uh-huh. then the following two weeks, how do we now get allies? How do we now build this? Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you right now, if they are not doing what they're doing, yeah. you're gonna see massive, you're gonna see massive expansion mm-hmm. no right. on the south side of Chicago. No right. question. But, but I need people to understand also when y'all, because I think they're also part of the problem when y'all hear Southside, is you have to understand this as well. See, you have... See, that's, this is why I need a whiteboard. This is why I need a whiteboard. <laughs> so, what, so, the artists use my, so what you have is you've got... You've got uh, downtown Chicago right here. You've got Bronzeville right here. Then you go from Bronzeville to University of uh, Chicago. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay, some of y'all missed that. Downtown Chicago. Bronzeville. Mm-hmm. All this is south side. Then you skip over to University of Chicago. Mm-hmm. So you have all of this massive development mm-hmm. yeah. around University of Chicago. You're like, you pat, you like, right. No whoa, question. <laughs> what did I just come into? No question. And then you start saying, okay, so what's in between Bronzeville, University of Chicago. Yeah. And then what's beyond University of Chicago, mm. and then how does stuff look? Mm-hmm. And that's what's happening here. Yeah. So what they don't want is they don't want this Obama Presidential Center to actually essentially uh, be connected to the University of Chicago yeah. and all this other stuff in between gets left out. Right. They they want because if you if you study in just Jackson Jr., and this is again the the I don't Look, I don't care what nobody say. I spent time with him. The brilliance of Congressman Jesse Jackson Jr. O'Hare Airport. Right. Mm. The reason he was fighting for that third airport on the south side of Chicago mm-hmm. is because he understood how that airport drove development in a 50-mile radius. Mm-hmm. Exactly right. Mm-hmm. That's what O'Hare did. Mm-hmm. This presidential center, world leaders will be coming in. Oh, oh yeah. No question. Yeah. Where will they be staying? Mm. Where will they be visiting? Mm-hmm. Where will they be eating? Mm-hmm. All those things that go along with it. Thousands upon thousands. You look at the Smithsonian Museum here. Mm-hmm. National Museum of African American History and Culture. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the most visited mm-hmm. Smithsonian Museum in the nation's capital. Yeah. Right. I can guarantee you, when this presidential center is done, mm-hmm. it's going to be huge amounts of traffic. Mm-hmm. Where are they going to sleep? Where are they going to eat? Mm-hmm. All the different things on those lines. And these folks are saying, don't price us out. Mm-hmm. We but don't they... have a whole bunch of two and three and four hundred thousand dollar condos. Yeah. Right. And then now you're basically forcing us where we got to go to the south suburbs mm-hmm. to go to Harvey and yeah. all the rest of yeah. these places in the area. Yeah. That's that's what they're fighting for. Oh, that's yeah. right. And, and I, I would too. I, I lived in Bronzeville. I had a condo in there for a couple of years before I moved out here. 
And I saw that it was redeveloping. I saw white people walking their dogs <laughs> on the street. And I said, See right oh, there. Shit. Right. See right there? Right. You when a white woman is jogging alone, yeah. your neighborhood has changed. <laughs> it's most no, it's, I'm it's just being No, no, it's the truth. It was still yeah. transition. And it was a black, it was a black, it was a brother yeah. who had a home there for 40 years who told me that. He said, Roland, mm -hmm. my neighborhood has changed. I was yeah. like, why? He said, White women are jogging yeah. alone. Yeah. I was like, yeah. damn. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. But, but that's where the wrinkle comes in because on the opposite side of, of this activism that you have of people not wanting to be left behind, you have homeowners. That's right. And they want to cash in too. That's they right. don't want to have their property values depressed. I'm not defending them. I'm just saying this is this is the reality. This is the other side of the coin. And that's what makes it that much more challenging to try to convince homeowners that this isn't a zero-sum game. That it's not a, well, you can if, if things are affordable, then that means that I lose. So that is the, the big battle, and that's the battle that the aldermen are gonna have to do, and the city's gonna have to go through. So that's what always makes these sorts of things challenging. And what ends up happening is the homeowners don't necessarily win and the 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 people that are looking for affordable housing don't win the developers win they're wealthy people who aren't even in the neighborhood yep. and they come in and they get they cash out but which is also greg what what, what i um what i what i also wish and this is and and i've said this i remember when i did the state of black america uh uh discussion for the national urban league of the unveiling of their report the howard theater two three years ago um i sit on the stage I'm tired of talking about gentrification. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I said, I'm literally tired of talking about it. Mm -hmm. I said, the question is, when are we going to see folks create black real estate funds Yes. that can then, like, if we know, we know, mm -hmm. okay, mm -hmm. what's available. Mm -hmm. I mean, there was a brother, uh, it, was a, it was a husband and wife in Atlanta. They did a crowdfunding campaign. I think it was called the Tulsa Real Estate Fund. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I'll pull up in a second. I, it was a crowdfunding campaign. I believe they raised $9 million in seven days. Wow. And the whole point of that was to acquire, uh, yes, it's called the People's Fund. Mm. Uh, the People's Fund, um, he, you, um, uh, and uh, I remember that because uh, I was like, yo, and that was what it was. They were like, yo, we can either keep talking about gentrification, right. or we can say how we pool black dollars start buying our own land, our own communities, great. Yes. No, that's critical, and, and we, we may have missed the mark, or maybe too late in some places. <laughs> Detroit, for example, where you see them basically colonized downtown. Yeah. But you're raising something, and we were talking to Brother Sanders earlier, and you mentioned Ella Baker. It's critical to understand. Ella Baker really enters this conversation in the 1940s through the Urban League and then through SCLC, organizing people yeah. to control their own destinies. Mm -hmm. But when you talk about something like this, and recently you say that because the black community is no longer that segregated community where we moved as one because we had a collective yes, agenda. That's I mean, true. Horace Caton and St. Clair Drake wrote a book that's very important. In fact, they really kind of start urban sociology for black people in some ways around their book, Black Metropolis, mm -hmm. which is the history of Chicago. Mm -hmm. But it was segregated mm -hmm. then. Mm -hmm. When you when you mention the fact that you've got black property owners that are like, wait a minute, hold on, because I'm getting ready to get paid. And yeah. well, what you're seeing is a class fracture. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, Roland, when you mention that, when you talk about Ella Baker, or when you come forward talk about those two million unregistered Latinos in Texas, these young people now and these other people in coalition are turning toward the dispossessed because what the dispossessed have is numbers. Mm. It may be that they can't make a real coalition with these black folks who are now looking to profit, mm -hmm. not because, you know, because they don't want them to help, but there is no collective identity. Yeah. Right. So yeah. I guess what I'm saying is, in turn, um, when you talk about what you, t what you just brought up in terms of this community kind of ownership and taking possession, 
it's got to come with a consciousness that mm. somebody like a Jim Lawson helped people understand. Mm. Community land trust, mm. right. cooperative ownership. Mm. This isn't about individuals owning real estate because that's still a model of profit. Right. Otherwise, finally, what's going to happen, what's already happening in Chicago, mm. is what has happened in Detroit, what's happened in my hometown in Nashville, what's happening here in D.C. They will displace the poor mm. into yes. the suburbs mm. and continue to use them as a reserve labor force for service jobs. Mm -hmm. But what will happen there is those ghettos, those hoods are going to be reproduced outside the city yes, limits. Mm. That And that's not even speculation. That is right. what has happened in Europe. That's what's happened in Latin America. Yeah. That is the future of urbanization. Right. Displacement. Right. Absolutely. And and just throwing, when well, you said individuals and, and moving as collectives, that has to be something that we have to really come into a consciousness of, that mm -hmm. that is what it is. Because if though, it, and, and just going back to the teaching piece, if there is not something that people are willing to connect with mm -hmm. to understand that there are things that have already happened that we cannot catch up with. Yeah. But when you talk about the fun, that is what we're seeing these conglomerate groups under Opportunity Zones, yes. which mm -hmm. is um, gentrification on steroids, mm -hmm. coming mm -hmm. in and, and buying up communities to mm -hmm. say that these are poor communities. We're going to come in and we're going to create a community whereby you know, people who live here will have a better quality of living at the, you know, fine tune of $1,000 a month mm. for rent. Mm. Right. Um, but they're making these decisions with little input for the community. So I think that the, one, the two things that have to um, happen is that the individualism has to die, that that collective mm -hmm. piece has to raise together, yes. and then that there also has to be an appetite for the model of teaching mm. so that people understand That's that these right. things do not happen at the same speed of technology, That's that right. they take time. And the more that we hear things, the repetition, understanding the language, then we can move at a place where we actually do um, see some gains. Absolutely. Mm. All right, folks, uh, going to a break right now. We come back. We'll talk about Mike Bloomberg picking up huge endorsement today from a black mayor in Houston. We'll discuss next on Roller Martin Unfiltered. You want to support Roller Martin Unfiltered? Be sure to join our Bring the Funk fan club. Every dollar that you give to us supports our daily digital show. There's only one daily digital show out here that keeps it black and keep it real as Roller Martin Unfiltered. Support the Roller Martin Unfiltered daily digital show by going to rollermartinunfiltered.com. Our goal is to get 20,000 of our fans contributing 50 bucks each for the whole year. You can make this possible. rollermartinunfiltered.com. You want to check out Roller Martin Unfiltered? YouTube.com forward slash Roland S. Martin. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. There's only one daily digital show out here that keeps it black and keep it real. It's Roland Martin Unfiltered. See that name right there? Roland Martin Unfiltered. Like, share, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's YouTube.com forward slash Roland S. Martin. And don't forget to turn on your notifications so when we go live, you'll know it. All right, folks, are you looking to enhance your leadership? or that of your team in 2020. Well, you can join Dr. Jackie Hood Martin's newest online course, The Mastermind Group, How Successful People Think. It is a John Maxwell uh, endorsed class. She'll be your guide as you learn timeless leadership principles to apply to daily living. Offers expires February 28th. Register or start the online course today, www.live2lead.com forward slash Leesburg. That's live, the number two, L-E-A-D.com forward slash Leesburg. All right, folks, today, uh, Mike Bloomberg announced that uh, Houston Mayor, Mayor Sylvester Turner uh, is endorsing him for president, will be leading his Blacks for Mike uh, 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 group. In addition, he's national co-chair of the Bloomberg 2020 Infrastructure Council. This is a graphic that the Bloomberg campaign put out. 
I know that cities are ultimately made up of two things, people and places, and to be truly a successful city, we need to invest in both. A key to that effort is finding partners who are willing to work hard alongside us, and I found that partner in Mike Bloomberg. In addition to that, uh, Joe Reed today, of course, uh, who heads the Alabama Democratic Black Caucus. They are a very powerful uh, group there in Alabama. Uh, he also uh, today uh, announced that they that that caucus is also endorsing Mike Bloomberg. He spoke to that caucus. Uh, he spoke to that caucus uh, recently uh, and is backing him as well. Want to go to um, my um, want to go to my folks here. So my panel here. So here's the deal. So here we are. Uh, the audio uh, that had been out there, Michael Bloomberg mm -hmm. talking about uh, stopping frisk, Xeroxing copies, and mm -hmm. sending it around, mm -hmm. slamming people up against the wall, mm -hmm. drops on Tuesday. Mm -hmm. Next day, he releases support from three black members of Congress, mm -hmm. Gregory Meeks, mm -hmm. Lucy McBath, mm -hmm. Stacey Plaskett. Mm -hmm. uh, then, of course, uh, on, on Wednesday, we hear about him blaming bl victims of the financial crisis in 2008 on redlining, on redlining yeah. which actually just made no sense and, no. and it was completely disproven mm -hmm. and then a group of pastors who had met with him on Tuesday dropped a statement condemning Donald Trump's mm -hmm. tweet about Bloomberg <laughs> but as a, and then accepting his apology and mm -hmm. then of course now with the redlining comment uh, and so what do you make of all this all of a sudden uh, Reese this mad rush of just everyday African Americans groups and politicians mm -hmm. who don't are not even addressing anything mm -hmm. about stop and frisk. Right. Addressing nothing about any of these issues who are like, damn that, Bloomberg is the guy. <laughs> I think they can count. That's delegate math. Mm. And uh, Michael Bloomberg is viable. He is um, very generous in terms of funding uh, political campaigns um, and different causes. And um, he's increasingly becoming more of a, a contender in this. And so this is politics. People have to pick their poison at this point, and I people might be mad at that, but that's that's what I see with the field that's left. And so I think that you know, people, each person has their baggage. I think that uh, Michael uh, Bloomberg's baggage is deplorable, but can he get past that baggage given the financial resources that he has, given the staff that he has, given the data operation that he has? Likely, but I did hear him on MSNBC today, and I was appalled at his, you know, response. I'm like, you have all these smart people working for you, you have all this money, and you cannot competently answer uh, these questions about these comments in a press conference. I, I don't think he's going to be good off script. I would have expected him to do a speech and, you know, lay it all out there, and he doesn't seem to be, you know, going that direction. So I think that, you know, depending on how he handles it, it'll be more of an issue than not. But he has so much money. I'm driving into work at Russ Parr, and you hear three, you know, Michael Bloomberg ads. You know, I'm, he's acknowledging his white privilege, and then he's talking to, you know, he has all these things working in his favor. And if you're going to hitch your wagon to somebody at this point, then why not go with the person who has money? I know that's cynical of me, but I'm just acknowledging the politics of the moment that we're in. Uh, but, Greg, what's interesting to me mm -hmm. is literally no addressing of it at all. Yeah. I mean, it's like, okay, I'm in, I'm in. <laughs> And, and and the thing is, if, if you begin to break this thing down, mm -hmm. um, and, and look, let me. Re if you begin, first of all, I'll come into this. But we begin to break this thing down. Um, uh, I get you're not sure, but two states have voted. Just two states. Mm -hmm. Sure. Bloomberg's not on the ballot. He's not going to be in his first debate until next week because the rules were changed. 
He's going to be on the stage February 19th in Nevada. Then, six days later, February 25th, the CBC debate, and CBC Institute debate, Charleston, South Carolina. Um, he has virtually done no interviews. No. Is not doing community groups. No. Not doing town halls. No. Not having to answer to the questions. So, the rest of these candidates who we've judged... Mm. Joe Biden, Elizabeth Warren, Pete Buttigieg, Amy Klobuchar, Tom Steyer, um, am I missing anybody who's still in? Mm. Bernie Sanders. Yeah. Mm. You look at who's dropped out. Mm. Kamala Harris, mm-hmm. Julian Castro, mm-hmm. Beto O'Rourke, on and on. They all went through the meat grinder. Mm. Not so much on race. Not so much no, on no, race. No, 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 no. But they all went through mm-hmm. the meat grinder yeah. of... Having, else. having to do interviews, yeah. Yeah, having yeah, yeah. to do oh, town yeah. halls, yeah. Mm-hmm. having to go before... Gr- He's like, yo, I'm flying 30,000 feet. Yeah. I'm just going to just drop. Yeah. And folks are like, okay, I'm down with you. Yeah. Right. Why, 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 why shouldn't he, though? I mean, I agree with you, Reese, everything you said. I mean, Michael Bloomberg, the party is turning its lonely eyes to Bloomberg. What do we mean? I mean, you know, Buttigieg is done. He passed the two white primaries. He's not going to put a dent in that black vote. Klobuchar, I think they're trying to keep viable. MSNBC should sign on as an unofficial member of their campaign, <laughs> her campaign, to kind of see if they can get her passed. Warren is hemorrhaging. Bad. She took bad advice. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of those Obama advisors with her gave her bad advice. Mm. Sanders' support is solid, and it could expand. He's beginning mm. to make some inroads in the black... Oh, he's around 20% now, a little bit above the national yeah, polls. He's making and he's making some inroads. But, but here's the thing with Bloomberg. Bloomberg is relying on American politics. As he said, this is real politics. Mm-hmm. We're talking about low-information voters. Mm-hmm. We're talking about mayors that he basically bought yep. over the years. And so I'm a big fan of Mike Bloomberg on one point. He's attacking the hell out of Trump. Mm-hmm. And if he would... Mike Bloomberg needs to write that $40 million check you talked about with Saunders and register these voters in Texas. If mm-hmm. you're serious about defeating Trump, because at the end of the day, black people understand better than anyone in this country, this man got to go. And we really don't care whichever one of you it is. And what I think we're beginning to see finally is some of these black politicians who have been, you know, subsidized by Bloomberg over the years Mm -hmm. are trying to get ahead of where they think the Democratic Party is going to be because whether it's Stop Bernie or whether it's Beat Trump, people are nervous now. Joe Biden is basically out of it. And Bloomberg (laughs) is sitting there understanding that people not watching debates. Bloomberg gonna get on the stage in Nevada and embarrass himself. Why? This is not a guy who can debate on a stage and come across with anything like that in my mind. But but also, uh, let's just be clear, a very rich dude who runs his own company, he ain't used to being challenged. No question. Mm -hmm. And 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 coming to your point about that news conference, you you can tell he was, I'm gonna pull up in a second, he was he was kind of perturbed, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Erica. In fact, before I do that, uh, <laughs> we mentioned the redlining. This was this was the, the video where he was talking about the issue of redlining. Check this out. You've made some reference to the elements that led to where we are today. Could, could you go a little bit deeper and tell us from your perspective, how did we get here? What are the root causes of the well, crisis? Well, y- you can go back. I, w- I would say it probably all started back uh, when there was a lot of pressure on banks to make loans to everyone. Um, redlining, if you remember, was the term where banks took hold neighborhoods and said, uh, people in these neighborhoods are poor, they're not going to be able to pay off their mortgages, tell them your salesmen don't go into those areas. And then Congress got involved, as local elected officials as well, and said, oh, that's not fair, these people should be able to get credit. And once you started pushing in that direction, banks started making more and more loans 
where the credit of the person buying the house wasn't as good as you would like. Since Erica, bottom line is it's simply not true. Right. And again, it, it drops on Wednesday and some folks, all right, cool, I'm endorsing. Right, and I think the other piece that we're seeing is the failing of the Democratic Party. Mm -hmm. Had the Democratic Party been making a more substantial investment in its base, which um, are black folks, right. period. Um, I'm not using the term PLC. I am telling, saying <laughs> black people mm -hmm. because that is the base of the party. Had the Democratic Party been doing that work, I don't think that we would see the level of desperation and the mm. openness to That's really right. mm -hmm. accept what is um, considered to be, well, our best chances. Because one of the things that strike me is that for us, there is no plan B. Trump mm. has exactly. to go. Come on. He is at 188 judges, and they're pushing, mm -hmm. um, his supporters are pushing for more um, Ninth Circuit um, Court, um, Ninth Circuit um, judges to be appointed. You're talking about he just said that, well, um, Senate McConnell just today um, sent up a, um, someone for the tax, um, tax circuit. I mean, like, we're talking about every institution, all areas of protected are being attacked and being filled with people who don't particularly like how black people have um, gained a level of um, power, um, who have been able to fight through a lot of the things that we've been denied over a 50-year period. We're seeing that pretty much eviscerate in the matter of one term of a said um, president. So, looking back at it, Bloomberg cutting the check really says, Democratic Party, where the hell has your investment been? The whole two-week get-out-the-vote coming to mm -hmm. the church, Come on. introducing somebody, buying them chicken and telling them this is who Come you on now. vote for? <laughs> Come on. But here's what's interesting, that, though. That playbook was played out years but, ago. But here's what's interesting, though. If you look at That's the right. combined spending of all the candidates, they've actually spent about the same as Bloomberg. What, what I'm trying to understand... But I'm they listening... spent it in the white states. Well, no, 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 no. What I'm saying... Well, no, no, no. When I say, when I say combined, I'm talking about staff. Right, right, right. I mean, all things have gone to a campaign. But as I listen to these Democrats, like, you know, yeah, he got the money to do it. I'm like, Obama raised a billion, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Hillary raised a billion as well. So this idea that... I mean, they, they make it sound like, man, we only got about 50 million, so I don't know how we're going to do this. It is, it is as if you can't raise money. It is as if... Folks are like, so it's like, hey, you know, let's turn to a dude who's a billionaire. And look, I totally get it. First of all, there are numerous other races where rich people have run. Mm -hmm. They put their money in. That's what he did in, in New York. Hell, right. you had Calvin Butts, That's Abyssinian right. Baptist Church, That's who right. was going to endorse William Thompson William for mayor Thompson. of New York, who That's said right. it publicly. Yeah. But Bloomberg gave Butts uh, a development corporation a <laughs> <Yeah>. million dollars <laughs> yes, for their programs. Yes, and Butts sir. then turned around and... Uh, supported Bloomberg. Yes, yeah. sir. Civil rights groups were quiet as all get out. Quiet. Okay, all of them. Quiet. All those black civil rights leaders in New York City, they were all quiet. Preach. When Bo Bloomberg changed the rules mm -hmm. to seek a third term. The city charter, brother. A third term. A third term <laughs> changed the rules. <laughs> a third term. And was running, and was running against third. a black man. Come on. Come on. Huh. Same. I thought we cared about black power. My biggest issue is this here. <laughs> you wrote yeah. the check, yeah. man. You yes. cannot let somebody do this and answer nothing because he's going to have to answer yeah. if he wins a nomination. Yeah. 
Because don't, don't think for a second mm -hmm. the Trump people are not going to hit him on stop and frisk. Yeah. Or not going to hit him on redlining. Yeah. It's going to come up. Yeah. I, but I, I think, though, that you have the problem, the reason why his money is such an appeal, you have to blame the candidates. Because the candidates are the one that say, we're not going to take PAC money, we're not going to do big money donors, we're not going to do wine caves. Okay, so then now you raise $12 million. He dropped $250 million. So people are like, well, sh I'm going to go with the, with the person who has the money. They're not thinking about the cumulative impact of everybody. Obama and Hillary, they had a different fundraising mentality well, first than of all, what they're and, expressing and, 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 now. And remember, Obama... I'm not gonna take PAC money. Then it was kind of like, okay, all right. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I mean, Obama's with them. Look, look, there, there are people who talk about you can't, right. you, can, you gotta take the money out of the politics. Yeah. But the reality is, the money's in the politics. Exactly. It's and, 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 and like I said to Lee, yeah. you also you gotta win, Greg. No. Yeah. At the end of the day, listen, you gotta win. I, I, I don't think. I mean, think again, and it, it's difficult because. Again, we're talking about low-information voters. Mm -hmm. We're talking about carpet bombing on television. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I'll go back to Bernie Sanders. Sanders is an irritant in part because he's building an infrastructure where he's got these small, smaller dollar donors that are giving money. And, but you have to expand the base, the electorate. Mm -hmm. If the Democrats are really going to win, and Bloomberg is serious about getting Trump out of the paint, uh, Bloomberg, no, Bloomberg is not going to win the nomination. I don't see that happening. In fact, there are going to be many states where he's going to poll less than 15%. You got to, in Democratic rules, you got to get over 15%. Mm -hmm. to get any delegates at all. Mm -hmm. Sanders is not in danger of polling below 15% in probably any of these states, which right. means he's going to be one of at least two people above 15%. Right. If Buttigieg doesn't get out, if Klobuchar doesn't get out, if Warren doesn't get out, if Biden doesn't get out, and if, and if the two billionaires stay in, Bernie Sanders is the only one who's going to consistently be one of the two top mm -hmm. two finishers. Mm -hmm. Bloom, I'm going to say this. If Bloomberg is serious then his money needs to go where his mouth is, move some of that money to voter registration, expand this base, and whoever wins, Bloomberg, you stay at the table. Now, you're but, Well, first right. of all, he's already said... That's what he said. Even if I don't win, yeah. I'm going to try for another well, billion. Well, that's what he said. Well, first of all, I mean, the reason I do believe that, because if you look at the amount of money that he spent in 2018, mm -hmm. and you look at what he spent in 2016, yeah, okay, spent I mean, money. it's there. So, yeah. I, I think, so, I, so I take him at his word there. But, Greg, you said early, earlier, you said that you think Warren is done? First of all, I was watching. I don't the, know. I, was, I just don't see. I, I was watching the Young Turks last night, and they were critical of her with those Obama advisors saying that's what she messed up. Yes. Was she? Was she sort of switch? But but he, but here though, the reason I don't think uh, she's done, I, I think I think what what has to happen is Elizabeth Warren has to. If you look at New Hampshire, the number of people who voted for Klobuchar after the debate. Mm -hmm. Oh, no question. See, this, see, no, this, that's see, when see, she this, turned that, brother. This is where no question about you it. got to decide that's right. how am I going to shine. That's right. This is where, if you, if you look at Senator Harris, that's right. in terms of when she hit Joe Biden, when those numbers went up, yeah. the problem is the next two debates, yeah. Mm -hmm. mm. So you take Warren. So what happens? Redlining comments, Bloomberg drops on Wednesday. Warren's people drop this today. The federal government would subsidize a mortgage for you. But if you lived in that house, the federal government discriminated against you and made it almost impossible for many of these people to be able to get mortgages. That is a part of our American legacy that we need to address head on. And we can't just pretend it didn't happen because it continues to have effects today. Ownership is the number one way 
that working families, middle class families build real wealth. And so it's no surprise that starting long, long ago, America subsidized the purchase of housing for white people. But they discriminated against the purchase of housing for black people. The consequence of that, generation after generation after generation. A lot of working white families had a chance to build wealth and a whole lot fewer black families had that chance. And that kind of housing discrimination went on in this country into the 1960s. And even today, the consequences of that are still felt. The gap between black home ownership rates and white home ownership rates today are actually higher than they were when housing discrimination was legal in America. So here's my housing plan. We need to make investments as a country in housing to bring down the cost of housing for middle-class families, for working families, for the working poor, for people with disabilities, for uh, homeless folks, for all kinds of people. We need more housing. So I got a plan for about 3.2 million new housing units and about a million and a half good jobs to build that housing. But it's got a special section in it that addresses this ugly history of redlining the one that's still felt today. And it says, you know, if you live in a formerly, or lived in a formerly redlined area and have never had a chance to buy a home, or if you got kicked out of your home during the mortgage crash, we're gonna make first-time buyer assistance available to you so you have a chance to buy a home to get in the game. Because America needs to face up to the things we've done wrong, and we got to start taking some steps toward making it right. See, that's a nice video. But no, no, no. But here's, here's my point. First of all, obviously, two and a half in the video, the mm -hmm. role it plays. But again, when I look at the two moments where you have, the, where you have to do a contrast, mm -hmm. I think warns people need to say, Lizbeth, Liz, right. <laughs> you damn that unity shit. Mm -hmm. Forget all of that kumbaya. Right. Mm -hmm. Go on that stage yep. and take all their asses out, yep. and, and and offer the contrast yeah. because I, 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 I've I've been in the President Elizabeth Warren. I've had her on my shows. I've been there with her speeches. When, when, when she breaks down these systems and the inequality, when she's talking about how we got here, oh no question, yeah, yeah. she's at I, she's more effective to me than Sanders is or anybody else I've no, heard. She's the smartest mm -hmm. candidate in the field. I think the bro. problem has been. She disappears in these debates. Oh yeah, if they don't call on her. And she like, also, oh, yeah. But here's the deal, though. Yeah. Here's what all even the, to me, you don't also you don't have to get called on. Look at the last debate. Hard now, yeah. No, no. Yeah. Look at the last debate. Yeah. Tom Steyer didn't wait for the moderator to bring up race. No. But that's not that's not Warren Steyer. But guess what? She needs to work on it. Is, yeah. But guess what? <laughs> she needs to work on that. Yeah. No, actually, yeah. I, hold up. That is Warren style. Mm. What? No, that is her style. Oh, okay. But when she ran for the Senate, they were like. No, mm -hmm. you can't come across as pushy. Mm -hmm. No, mm -hmm. pull a video of her getting Tim Geithner's ass. Oh no, that's true. Yeah, yeah. With, she when was, she was over yeah, the, um, yeah. um, when she was oh, over yeah, the, yeah. And, and, and so, and so, yeah. so my whole yeah. deal is, yeah. yo, you gotta go for broke. Yeah, you gotta go for broke. It's and true. to me, it's true. To me, if she does that February nineteenth, and comes back and does it February twenty fifth, yeah. and and make it perfectly clear that look. You got Biden down there. You don't know who the hell gonna show up. You know Bernie gonna do his usual yelling. Right. And, uh, 
My deal is there's still there, there's still opportunity here. Yeah. Mm. I go back to 1992, Erica. Mm. Bill Clinton lost the first six primaries. Give us that. Before he won Georgia. Come on. Then lost the next seven. Yep. Before he wins South Carolina. He won three out of the first 14 primaries. I don't buy this whole deal that it is over, mm. no matter how much money you got. Your thoughts? Absolutely, and I think that this is... I think people are tired. So we've had the impeachment. There's been, um, so to speak, there's been a framing of loss after loss after loss. And so, to your point, um, if Warren comes out with the fight that's already in her, people are going to be able to connect to say that that is my candidate, that is someone that I can work with, to also include that I don't know how many people can actually relate to a billionaire who can relate to that level of wealth. And even with the people who are black that are endorsing, that's going to be for their own reckoning, right? <laughs> and she's got to say in debate, right. no, you're wrong. Absolutely. Just like when she turned to Buddha judge, sorry. When she would hit him on that, on that answer he gave, oh, right. yeah. I'm sorry, you... Look, you're running for president. Right. I am sick of all these people saying, oh, my goodness, Democrats have a circular firing squad. I'm sorry. If I'm running against the three of y'all, let me let y'all know. I'm taking yeah. your ass out right. one by right. one. Right. In yeah. fact, I'm going to try to throw a grenade take all three of y'all out <laughs> at one time. But that's right. the brand that she right. created. Oh, I'm not going to attack other Democrats and all this other kind of crap. She pigeonholed herself into that. She, I feel like she tried to... She tried to take her shot when she came after Bernie. And she said, you know, the, hey, she had the whole woman's speech all teed up and stuff like that, and all people focused on was her wagging her fingers at Bernie Sanders afterwards. I think that now she will look desperate. I mean, you know, I, does she need to... But hell, if I'm yeah. desperate, I'm gonna look desperate. But she but has to go... Fight. But here's the deal. Like, for instance, I'll give you an example. Next debate, February 19th, Bloomberg's first one. But, okay? but wait, but wait. Where are you getting this from? Because what I've seen, he's not, he's not a part of the debate. Are you sure that he's in the debate? All right, hold up. No, he, they, they changed the rules. Okay. Okay? 800. And I've already talked to the Biden campaign. Okay. They plan on going after him oh, in the next yeah. debate. Okay. He'll yeah. be there. Yeah. So here's yeah. what's about to happen. Yeah. Here's what's about to happen. So you're going to go, you're going to go this debate. Uh-huh. You've got Crime Bill Joe. <laughs> you've oh, got no. Bernie, who signed the crime bill. Right. And voted for it. For it. Mm -hmm. You've got Bloomberg and Stop and Frisk. Mm-hmm. New video. Mm-hmm. You've got... Buddha judge and issues with his police department and black people. And the fire department. Yeah. Fire, the that's, black that's, fire chief, that's, too. That's, that's four. <laughs> yes, yeah. sir. You got Prosecutor Amy. Yeah. Mm. That's five. And so, you have Republican Warren. No, 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 no. Oh, no, 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 any criminal justice no, back? No, they don't have. They don't have yeah. the criminal justice. So my part. deal yeah. is, yeah. somebody has. Somebody gonna have to be. Hey, y'all, I ain't one of them. <laughs> no, I mean, you're, I mean, you're gonna have to have. You have to make that contrast. Mm -hmm. And that's the only way. Mm -hmm. Okay, Klobuchar, who's yet to talk to black media. Right. Yeah. Now, I, I know your campaign is texting me as we're sitting here on the air, uh -oh. and I'll be calling when I get back. Uh, she's back but, on morning, but, but Joe But you should have been returning our emails when Jackie Clark, my booker, was hitting y'all in middle January. I'm all wrong. Should not have taken me having to mm. call you out on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, Period. but I appreciate y'all reaching out to me now, mm. and we'll be together. talking. But also, let me be clear, no candidate, surrogates, or campaign officials can come on my show until the candidate comes on. Mm. That's for you, Joe. That's for you, Amy. That's mm. for you, Mike. Mm. That's how we roll. Mm. What I'm saying is, <laughs> with, this, with this debate, you have to go there. 
but she also doesn't have the competency when speaking about it. So her range is very, very little because... Who, wait, who, who, who no, no, wait, specifically, I'm, I'm no, saying, specifically about, about Warren? Warren, about criminal justice, because I don't know if you guys saw, wow. she, did a, she did a round table with um, formerly incarcerated people. And she did not. She they their clip that they managed to put together. It wasn't even that good. No, I think she I, talked about housing at three. These same three point two million housing units. She talked about for redlining. The same answer she gave for criminal justice. No, 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 she has a very limited. No, 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 no. Here's a piece though. Here's a piece though. Actually, because what I was about to say even before you when, when you said the competency piece. Actually, the smart way to talk about criminal justice. Mm -hmm. Is to connect it to economics. Sure. Because follow me here. Nothing. What people don't understand is that here, <laughs> because of um, the welfare bill signed by Clinton, mm -hmm. you couldn't. You come out. You can't go to public housing. That's right. Exactly. You can't get student aid. Mm -hmm. See, no I, I, so again, this no. is where yeah. this is where this deals. is where Warren or anybody else, y'all free advice, has to say, <laughs> America. Y'all may not realize this. Yeah. But we should stop talking about, oh, re rehabilitation when the fact of the matter is they can't move into public housing, mm -hmm. they, can't, they can't get student loans, mm -hmm. they can't do this, talk about the whole deal of ban the box. If I'm her, I'm staying in my economic lane, yep. she needs but I'm, but I'm connecting yeah. right. economics to criminal justice, economics, housing, economics, no education. To me, Greg, that's... That's where, if you're like, hey, I'm gonna let y'all sit here and mm -hmm. fight over oh, the police chief oh, or whatever, yeah, no question. but I'm gonna tie it to economics. It's, yeah. it's difficult, because I was I watched uh, the last part of the debate, the New Hampshire debate over on Connecticut Avenue of Politics and Prose, and um, listening to this white audience, like two black people out there, let me go, man. They were convinced that Klobuchar won that debate. <laughs> and uh, No, but it was, they weren't alone, of course. Yeah. Oh, Sorry. no, no. But, yeah. but, but to your point on Warren, Warren gave the best answer on the effect of economics on structural racism. And of course, Buttigieg had nothing to say. And I'm listening. No, no, I mean, and, 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 I mean we could, right. we could of walk. Right, group, yes. No, 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 we, no, 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 we could walk through it <laughs> sentence by sentence. Mm. And we'll walk you through she how she, no, 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 no. Warren is head and shoulders, the most intelligent candidate on that. And she understands the policy implications of economics, as you said. Mm. She tied it again to, I mean, the, what we saw in that commercial, that's the reparations argument. But, the the, sorry, but, but my point but, is that... But Greg, her it, problem was she only had that moment. No, I agree. And no, now was the... Well, well, you got to have more than one bro, moment. All I was going yep, to yep, yep. say was yep. this, this crowd that's listing these people and they're going back and forth, it wasn't so much that they were listening to the policy. People are responding to personality. Precisely. And, and, so, and so, therefore, Warren right. has been consistently very effective, in my mind, is what she's saying. But you're talking to low-information voters who right. Super Bowls and stuff. like, And that's why Bloomberg can even be in the conversation with right. no conversation having right. passed. Right. Because ain't nobody listening to who's the smartest. Right. They voting on a guy they want to have a beer with. All, 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 right. all, 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 all I'm saying, Eric and Reese, is this here. When you, when, when you, when you step back and, and I think, first of all, like I said last night, Democrats need to calm the hell down. Okay? <laughs> it's only two states that are voting. Really, it's only one. Because Iowa has no clue what the hell they were doing. The white <laughs> and what you can't, what you can't do is you can't. If you're a candidate, you can't get so caught up mm -hmm. in the the minute by minute yeah. data whole piece. Because mm -hmm. here's the deal: campaigns shift and change on a dime. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's true. Because mm -hmm. even with all of the money Bloomberg is dropping, mm -hmm. it may reach a point where that also turns off voters. Yep. Mm -hmm. See, that's it's 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 all it. these it's all these different variables here. Yeah. And I just think that if you, if you fall into that trap, look, look at Tom Steyer. 
Erica, no, no, <laughs> nobody, nobody, I can't find nobody who would have said by the middle of February, Tom Steyer is polling second among African Americans in South Carolina. Wow. Well, yeah. he's been camped out there. No, no, right? that's yeah. my point. Yeah. Right. But, my, but, but again, my point is, it don't, it don't matter he's being camped out there. Mm -hmm. the, the, fact, the fact that how are you, what, how are you connecting, what are you saying, yeah. what is of interest, yeah. those are the things that, again, that I'm sort of looking at how people respond. Mm -hmm. Bloomberg, is gonna, Bloomberg is gonna come drop his millions. If I'm debating Bloomberg, I'm gonna use money against him. Mm. Oh, absolutely, because, and that's just what I was saying before about, I don't know how many people can connect to a billionaire. So, with um, Elizabeth Warren, people are looking for, after all of these L's, so to speak, that um, the country has experienced yes. with the rise of this regime, yes. people are looking for somebody who don't have shit to lose. So, Elizabeth <laughs> Warren is a person that I can relate to. She's had a job. She's been a single mom. Come on she's now. been to school. She's had to pay her way through. I'm looking for, as it gets closer and closer to time for me to make a decision, somebody who's more relatable. So, I absolutely agree with you. Along with Tom Steyer and folks like Mike Bloomberg, these are people who, when you start to look at their track, you knew they, they were going to run for president because they were setting up, oh, I've got this whole impeachment thing that I'm <laughs> right. running against mm -hmm. Trump. Right. And, yeah, yeah, I'm registering people. Or I have this gun reform. It All those roles lead to now, this is what I want in return from you. Mm -hmm. But when people, even if they're not policy wonks, somebody talking in a language which includes me, and this is a message that is repeated over and over, that is how we learn by repetition, that is the person that I want to go to the ballot box and check the box for. Everybody else that's jumping on for a check or whatever it is that they're getting, that's their own reckoning that they're going to have to face. Mm -hmm. I think, though, with... Um, and I made this point last week, the problem that Warren has is, is, is money. That's the same problem yeah, that Biden has. It's very true. Warren had to record a video to ask for $7 million in the next 11 days. Right. Meanwhile, right. Amy Klobuchar is tweeting, oh, we made $3.5 million just off of the debate. And so she's really struggling to try to convince people to stay on board with her. She created this litmus test of grassroots this and no big money donors. And so she's kind of put herself in this box. It doesn't, you know, you can, you can have a great message, in my opinion, that was Kamala Harris. But if you don't have the money, you cannot compete. And that is... And, and to be clear, everything... The reason why Tom Steyer is gaining, number one, he stole Kamala Harris's data, or his campaign did, in South Carolina specifically. And he's basically replicated everything that Kamala Harris said. He did a black woman panel with um, a, a bunch of black women. He probably paid to, get, to be there. And he's, <laughs> and he's, right. he's, he's parroting her message. Yeah. Her message, all this stuff about, oh, we're going to invest in HBCUs and all these things, these are the same exact things that Kamala Harris said, and that message is resonating, but unfortunately she didn't have the funds to put that message out there the way other people Here's did. why mm -hmm. I will disagree with that. Mm -hmm. It's because of this. When you're on the stage with six or seven people, mm -hmm. you have to have moments. Oh, yeah, yeah. And did. the reality yeah. is this. First of all, let me be real clear. Yeah. The moments that Senator Harris had in June and July mm -hmm. didn't mean Jack then. Why? <laughs> Because people weren't voting for until eight months later. Right. Yeah, they were too What early. I'm saying is, if you take the fact that right now, mm -hmm. voters, voters, 25, 30%, 35% mm -hmm. mm -hmm. have made their minds up. Undecided. Yeah. Oh, no So, question. again, no I, I, I'm going to use Clover Shaw for what it is. Mm -hmm. Her 
the role that she played in the last debate yeah. was on a Friday. They yeah. voted on a Tuesday. Yeah. That's true. So what, I'm, so, so what I'm saying is this here. That's true. I might not have any money, but if I walk in that, if if I walk into a debate, she can change the game. And, if I, yeah. and, and that's what I'm saying. If she so, has it in her. And, and and that's what I'm saying for Biden, mm. he has to do that. They said that the last debate. No, no. Well, I know what they said, but he, he still didn't. He still got to do it. Can he do it? So, no. I think I think yeah. he can. I, I, really? Look, here's why. Mm. I go I go back to I go back to the debate in 2012 when Obama sucked against Rock. <laughs> that's Ooh. true. Obama didn't want to be there. Yeah. It was his wedding anniversary. Yeah. He didn't want to yeah. prep. Yeah. He didn't give a damn. Yeah. That the campaign, they knew it. That VP debate, yeah. Biden, Biden ass was ready. Biden. Now, yeah. granted, that was that eight was years a, ago. That was a long time ago. <laughs> that's good. Where's but, that Biden ass? Right, where's that What I'm saying is this here. What I'm saying is, when you're, when you are up against the wall, yeah. Two things are gonna happen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You're gonna wilt or you're gonna fight. Yep. But she also put out like a memo to her supporters that had, oh, this is where all my people are weak at. These are all, where all my competitors were. Where was that energy on the debate stage? Well, you that's had an opportunity first of all, to do uh, that. the memo for every campaign has that. Yeah, but every I'm just saying, she that's what I'm saying. Keep the same you energy. have to that's my point. My yeah. point is you have yeah. to translate that. Yeah. You have to show people what Klobuchar did yeah. was I am going to fight. Yes. I'm a contrast with you. Yes. I did this bill, this bill, this yeah. bill. Yeah. It was her tone. Yeah. It was energy. It was all of that. And also, it was consistent throughout. Yeah. You cannot disappear mm -hmm. in a debate. Yeah. You can't. Yeah. How are you factoring in? How's everybody factoring in the party in this? The reason I ask is because clearly Klobuchar was not competitive. She she sees the moment. Mm -hmm. But she's being carried by mass commercial media. It seems to me that this this split between the so-called progressives mm -hmm. and the centrists, the party doesn't want Sanders. The party can tolerate Warren, mm -hmm. but it seems to me that the clustering is really Sanders and Warren versus the rest of them. I, I in think, some, I, I don't know, but I'm saying a, here's a piece. the funding, I, the fundraising. I, I don't think it's party. I think first of all, what happens with media is whoever whoever's the shiniest object, the most the latest thing. Yeah. Uh, that's why the whole deal with. A clomentum, whatever the hell they call it, you know, whatever. Not clomentum. Yeah, yeah, that was a yeah, phrase they, they, they came up that, with. Yeah, you know, yeah. it was a phrase they came up with after yeah. New Hampshire. Oh, yeah. my no, God. But, no, but, 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 but again, but again, what it boils down to is, it boils down to performance. I'm yeah. gonna, I'm gonna use the analogy. I'm gonna use the analogy of the NFL Combine. Mm -hmm. Okay, mm -hmm. you can be, you could have been a marginal football player. Mm -hmm. You could have been an okay football player. Mm -hmm. but then you go to the Combine. Your ass run a 4.28. Mm -hmm. First of all, that alone, all of a sudden, yeah. boom. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Then all of a sudden, you go to the vertical leap. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, you go to the shuttle drill. Yeah. Then you go to the bench press drill. You have seen athletes who are marginal, okay, decent ball players mm -hmm. go to the combine. That's true. And go from a sixth round to the first round. That's true. Mm -hmm. Show up. Because the com the combine is built yeah. for a certain deal. It ain't really about it's forget the film. It's really just, oh my God. Because the NFL is in love with the physical mm -hmm. attributes mm -hmm. of a player. But that's true. Democracy. De Everybody gets to run. Right. The clock mm -hmm. ain't gonna lie. You say ball don't lie. Debates are the same way. Mm -hmm. The debate mm -hmm. is But you gotta get to it though. You gotta like get to it. Point. And they you got body to Pamela before you... she could even get to the, to no, the no, no, but, no, but, 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 but 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 also and this is where they did 
But Senator Harris also has to accept also, because this is how Warren failed. Mm. Senator Harris was for Medicare for all. Mm. Then she's like, okay, no, I'm not. No, that's it. Okay. That is it. That's, you're right. You're right. She, she never recovered. You're right. Mm -hmm. And where, then as Warren, either. where did Warren screw that's up? Right. Warren yeah. didn't Warren... admit the taxes. No, no, no. no. The, the medical the healthcare. Put, no, she she actually put a number on. It. That's, that's what she well, did. That's, the that's thing. what is Bernie done for eight months? He said Psh. we had look. Yeah. <laughs> we, we had I, look. Hey, I had to watch this tape. We had we had I had Brianna Joy Gray on last night. Sure did. And well, you know, you know, it's sort of hard. No. It's by design. Right. You don't put numbers on some right. stuff. No, no. You, you let the concept and the idea. The last debate. Yeah. How you gonna pay for it, Bernie? Look, y'all, Medicare. <laughs> right. It was like no, no. You his ass ain't even here. You right. You right. She fell into the trap of yeah. She she they were hitting her so much. Yeah. Yeah. She's like. But I gotta give him a number. Yeah. No, no you, you don't. don't. Yeah. She didn't want to just yeah. say. She, yeah. she didn't want to admit that she was gonna raise taxes, so she came up with this elaborate thing to try to. No, no, no. To no. She, she explained she it. Wait a minute. Last night, Brianna said on here, yeah. the experts say we might have to raise taxes around four percent. Of course yeah. we will. Yeah. But guess what? But that was Brianna Gray saying That's it. That's what I'm saying. Bernie yeah. was like, I ain't even I mean, gonna, yeah. I ain't even gonna address yeah. you. How stupid are people? That's all I'm saying. How stupid are people to understand that if you pay. Four or five percent more in taxes, but now you have no subsidy for. You don't have to pay anything for your insurance. I mean, the people are so because, dumb. Because to your point, don't put no numbers Greg, in because people are too dumb to right, understand. Right? You already said low information. <laughs> no, no. The, mo the moment you what? say utter the words, I mean, raise taxes. Right. Right. Boom. So she was so smart. Yeah. She was dumb. She was dumb. But here's the other problem that we're seeing, and we're seeing this show up in these non-endorsements and these double endorsements, which aren't even endorsement. Mm. People are so afraid. Either they're either afraid of being wrong and picking the wrong person, yeah. so they're like mm. paralyzed with fear, or these candidates have played so nice with each other that people aren't really mm. seeing the distinction. Because, like, for me as a person, as a person who follows stuff closely, I'm thinking, okay, well, I look at second choice voters for Biden, it's Sanders, and I'm like, what the? You know, our, our second choice people for because yeah. people are not distinguishing themselves enough, and so everybody is tolerable, and it depends on these flash in the pan moments if you can build one. It depends on fundraising if you have a, if you have the money to put to to flood the ads, but people are just not. They just aren't. They don't. Nobody has really presented that compelling case it's to be because, like, boom. Well, well it's yeah, whole it, yeah, but it, it's because. Kumbaya. Okay, mm -hmm. let me yeah. go back. Kumbaya. Let let Kumbaya. me. Let me go back to why you must study history. Mm -hmm. Y'all, in 2016, there were only two candidates. Mark yeah. Malley don't count. Yeah. It was Hillary Clinton, That's right. it was Bernie Sanders. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If you go back to Obama in 2008, there were three candidates when they got to Iowa. Yeah. Obama, Hillary, John Edwards. You didn't have right. six, seven, eight, yeah. nine. That's yeah. right. Now, let me use the Republicans. Trump <laughs> was able to win. Yeah. Because there were 16. Mm -hmm. That's right. Because mm -hmm. he didn't need. There were 16 candidates. Mm -hmm. First one to drop out was Scott Walker or mm -hmm. Tim Pawlenty. Mm -hmm. Scott Walker, Scott Walker, Tim Pawlenty were the first two to drop out. Right. Conventional wisdom said, oh, Midwestern governors, mm -hmm. oh, Wisconsin, Minnesota, oh, they're going to be the nominee. Mm -hmm. First two to drop out. Mm -hmm. He benefited because 
I only needed 30, 32, 35%. Right. Right. And the rules is when to take off. So when people say, oh, Trump's base, no. Okay, right. when you have a base, <laughs> you don't need 50%. That's no. Right. So guess what? Sanders is actually benefiting oh, yeah. no from there yeah. being the multiple number of candidates. For now. And so this is my point where if you're a Warren, <laughs> if I go, because not only that, you got a caucus in Nevada. Yes. If if I am able mm. to swing, mm -hmm. if I'm able to to really swing the debate, I potentially could shift five, ten, fifteen thousand votes. Yep. Yeah. That yeah. that that you can go literally from fifth to third or second yeah. on the shift, but but you got to perform, and I think and that and that's the real issue there. And so I dare say the next debate, all eyes will be on how Bloomberg performs. All eyes will be on obviously Biden. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I but I still believe the person who, if you look at her record, if you look at where she is in policies, mm -hmm. the person who I still believe can make a real move. Y'all, Amy polling at 0.5% among black people. <laughs> right. Amy who? Right. Klobuchar. That, right. That's my... Clo right momentum. there. Right, right, right there, Erica. She, she, D, she no. DOA in right. South Carolina, Georgia, North Carolina, yeah. Arkansas. Next to Mayor And Pete. so, right. So, uh... Mayo. But... Mayo he's there. But you have to... And I still am not sold. Bloom... I'm not. For mm -mm. well, $350 million, Bloomberg gonna have to prove he can win. Yeah. There are 11 sure. states voting on March 3rd. Mm -hmm. He can't win one or two, Erica. No. That's right. Erica. No. At, with that amount of money, you're going to have to win, boo, I, four or five to show me you're a real candidate. You can't win two. Right. Listen, and I'm and black folks are pragmatic. And yes. that is where, yeah. I, and that is what I know about black voters. For all of these people that have signed on to Bloomberg without his accountability for the harm that and the trauma that he has inflicted mm. on black folks for generations, they're still a reckoning. So um, mm. this is going to be interesting to see. All right, y'all. Uh, when your mama <laughs> weigh in, you get your ass in line. No question. <laughs> That's even the case for Snoop Dogg and his do-rag. Snoop Dogg, y'all, has apologized to Gail King uh, for the words that he spoke after her interview with Lisa Leslie asking about Kobe Bryant. This is what he dropped on Instagram. Two wrongs don't make no right. When you're wrong, you gotta fix it. So with that being said, Gail King. I publicly tore you down by coming at you in a derogatory manner based off of emotions, me being angry at questions that you asked. Um, overreacted. I should have handled it way different than that. Uh, I was raised way better than that. So I would like to apologize to you publicly for the language that I used calling you out of your name and just being disrespectful. I didn't mean for it to be like that. I was just expressing myself for a friend that wasn't here to defend himself. Um, a lot of people look up to me. And they love me and they appreciate me, so I want to let them know that. Anytime you mess up, it's okay to fix it. It's okay to man up and say that you wrong. I apologize. Hopefully we can sit down and talk privately. Have a good day. All right, I said on Monday I was sick of this story and it needed to end it. Praise it. I 
Snoop's mama, thank you. Right. I mean, thank you for because th th this had gotten us ridiculous. Uh, yeah. yeah. I have an adult son. His throat would have been in my hands. I know that's right. It would have been yeah. in my hands. This whole on social media, people not being able to control their emotions mm -hmm. has gotten out of hand. Like, disagreement is one thing, but to go as far to say that you're going to threaten somebody, you're going to, you know, for their safety and I, they're just Snoop is almost 50 years old. Mm -hmm. Get your entire that was entirely too much. Mm -hmm. um, and to right. you know, and to me that added more angst to what um, Miss Vanessa Bryant and her family are going mm -hmm. through. They've For not sure. yet buried um, Kobe yeah. and dear Gigi just yet. So mm -hmm. I don't think that kind of like no, actually, that actually, the funerals are taking place. Already the buried. funeral took place. Uh, okay, the, the burial took place February 7th. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay, but um, so they'll I, what is that a public memorial yeah, that'll be happening on the 24th? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. so I mean like that is a whole nother um, event of grief that she has to continue to go through. So. You know, at this moment, social media bandwagons, there has to be some conscious of thought happening here. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm very glad that the same woman who said that she um, believes Snoop to be a minister did get him together, because I would have jacked <laughs> my son all Greg, <laughs> this is why you gotta have grown-ass people, black people, who weigh in, who can say, yo, let me holler at your ass. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, Roland, the days have changed. I mean, you ran the Chicago Defender. There was a time when black public spaces controlled by black people had real authority in black communities. Mm. Now you've got hip-hop artists, rappers, Jesus. who mm. made names for themselves mm. by calling women every type of name, mm. uh, who were celebrated not just by black men, but by black women yeah. in the hip-hop industry, mm -hmm. who are now looked to for their opinion as if those opinions matter. Come on. on the other side of the ledger, you have uh, folks like Oprah and Gayle, who are really in many ways inventions of a white corporate media who found people who could appeal to a demographic beyond their base, white women primarily. So this is all a mess to begin with. <laughs> I mean, and so when you see it, you say, Snoop's mom come in, I'm glad you because my mom would do the same thing to me. Oh, yes. the, uh, the irony of it finally is that you have someone like what Snoop does, Brother Brodus does, he communicated in a moment out of impulse, mm -hmm. but the irony for me looking on social media was how many people co-signed him. Mm -hmm. And I'm not just talking about men, I'm oh, talking yeah. about women, right, and I'm right. not even talking about men and women, I'm talking about boys and girls, teenagers yeah. and 20-somethings, oh, yeah. so that what came out was, Gail, why you asked that question? Here's Lisa Leslie sitting here, so I think the whole thing is a mess, but it comes down to the fact that our media platforms mm -hmm. have to be controlled by us, have to be things that we give investment to for authority, and as whether it's the Defender or Roland Martin Unfiltered, we got to stop looking at entertainers to be some kind of moral barometer for how we should be talking to each other. I just don't yeah. see how we. Reason. And I just thought, what really just disturbed me the most was when I saw it was trending. Hashtag I stand with Snoop, and mm -hmm. then the because the, it was the, the started <laughs> hashtag I stand with Gail, and I'm like. You have black people <laughs> dragging the other black person. I'm like, exactly. we're at where I said, why don't we have hashtag I stand with black unity? Because that? that's what we need to be doing in this time. Mm. You know, uh, Snoop, he, he took things too far, as well as other people that jumped on the bandwagon. I still don't think that, you know, the way that uh, Gail handled that in that sensitive time was appropriate, but mm -hmm. I don't think that it warranted all that it went oh, no, to. No. And so the thing about it is, it's always about, the problem is we always have to pick sides and we have to pick them viciously and yes. be vicious towards each other. And there's a contest when we need to be more united, period. I appreciate that, Snoop apologize because hopefully that will make people understand that we don't have to always be at war with each other. But this is also mm -hmm. why 
you have elders. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's well, right. Well, he's well, you should no, be no, 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 he's not. No, he's not. No, no, no. Follow me here. Follow me here. I said, I said this to y'all. That's true. I said, I said this. If you, if you, when you're in Ghana, oh, you're in these different places. Come on, brother. The king. Amen. Gets permission to speak from the elders. That's mm. exactly right. Okay. He the king, mm-hmm. but they're the elders. Mm-hmm. That's right. And part of the Teach. problem for a lot of us is, see, it don't matter he's 50. Mm-hmm. Because even though you're 50, there's still somebody who's older than yes, you. Yes, that's true. And yeah. so <laughs> some of y'all call them the godfathers or whatever. Yeah. There's a reason why there are people mm-hmm. who pick the phone up and say, let me holler at you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. no question. Oh, yeah. the, prob- the problem is, and let me be real clear, first of all, you got to have people who command that level of respect. That's mm-hmm. right. But then you also got to have people who also have been trained that you do respect elders. Mm-hmm. There you go. That's right. And that's exactly, that's exactly how that happens. And so, you know, I've had some, and I remember when I posted a video when I was stepping in my kitchen, and I had some young alphas who came after me. I was like, okay, first of all, who the hell are you talking to? <laughs> <laughs> Number on. one. Right. I said, you don't tell me what the hell I can do. Come on. Uh, uh, stepping, uh, because uh, your ass just joined. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. right. No, and so, and, so, and I made perfectly right. clear, mm-hmm. which is why, again, uh, you have you have these spaces. So when you go to AKA conventions and Delta got their Delta deers, we got spaces set aside only. 50 plus year alphas can sit. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, that that's how, so our community that's has right, always yes. that's right. yeah. fully embraced mm-hmm. elders. Institutions. That's right. Institutions that's right. for that reason. That's so right. no matter what do you do, you get a line, an elder says, let me holler at you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let yeah. me holler at you. Yeah. yeah. And we gotta always remember why you gotta have elders. Folks, real quick, Michael <laughs> Fester of Portland, Oregon said police officers unlawfully surveilled him and then falsely arrested him after he complained to his boss about racial discrimination. Westland police began investigating Fester in February 2017 after Fester raised concerns to his boss, Eric Benson, owner of AMB Towing, that he was being racially discriminated against at work. Fester said the discrimination included co-workers calling him racial slurs after he raised his concerns. Benson contacted his friend, Westland Police Chief Terry Timis, and persuaded to look into allegations that Fester had stolen from the company. With the approval of Westland Police Lieutenant Michael Stradley, detectives Tony Reeves and Michael Boyd used audio and video equipment to watch Fester while he was at work, according to a lawsuit filed by Fester. Surveillance was conducted without a warrant or probable cause and did not result in any evidence that Fester was stealing from his employer. Mm. Ain't that something? Mm. Y'all, go to my iPad, please. Remember uh, the homeless dude, formerly homeless dude, Donald Trump, asked the stamp the State of the Union? Well, Associated Press has this story. President Trump said his State of the Union speaks that a homeless vet turned his life around thanks to a company using the administration's Opportunity Zone tax breaks. But the man never worked at a site taking advantage of the tax breaks. Y'all, you read this story here? They were lying the whole damn time. Mm. Just straight-ass lying. And just, a and, and matter of fact, the guy... The guy where the business is, uh, the area doesn't even qualify for the Opportunity Zone tax breaks. Shock and awe. Roland, you've been in this business a long time, brother. Have you ever seen a moment in American history where the lie is the preferred thing? Mm. They lie about right. literally... Mm. I didn't call Barr. You called Barr the minute you saw the thing? Mm. I mean, yeah. just liars, mm. man. Right. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, this is crazy, it's just crazy. All right, y'all, uh, did y'all see the video of this asshole on the plane? Got upset. <laughs> Because this woman actually reclined Baby. her seat. Well, she was like, <laughs> okay, you know what? Let me record this for right there. Yeah. 
face. This was on Roman's page on Twitter. He's punching the back of her seat. Why's he messing with her? Because her seat's behind the bed. She ain't even on the way back. Turn the audio up. He's going to say something. Now, what's interesting to me is a whole bunch of people, this has been a real issue. People have been upset saying she was wrong and he's wrong. People say it's disrespectful to recline your seat. I've heard people say, oh, I've almost had laptops broken with somebody reclined. Y'all, he was watching a video on his damn phone. <laughs> <laughs> on the TV tray. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, seriously. Now, he was in the last row. His seat can't recline. Okay, let me be real clear. Uh, when you sit in that seat or certain exit row seats, your seats can't, can't recline. That's the, that's the result of those seats. Mm -hmm. Guess what? Be early enough and book your seat. I'm sorry. I disagree with these people who say I should be able to recline my seat. If the damn seat recline, mm -hmm. I'm reclining my seat. <laughs> and this whole deal, I need to ask you permission mm -hmm. for me to recline my seat. No. It's not. That dude, first of all, he did it because she was a woman. Oh, yeah. Because ain't no way in hell you were sitting he would have tried that with a dude. <laughs> well, y'all was sitting there, he oh. would have tried that and with a black woman. And apparently <laughs> gave him uh, really? drink tickets and apologized to him. Really? Yeah, that's what I read. I don't know. They would have to call an air marshal because he would have got his yeah. ass whooped. Yeah, yeah I've had somebody be aggressive with me, and all it took was really a turnaround and a look. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, though, that's uh, actually, that's a form of harassment. It is. And I wish that she would have been able to just turn around and confront him around that. Um, I'm glad we see it on tape, but that type of, um, that type of, uh, I think, kind of like poking and prodding really does warrant somebody asking for something to happen in the recipient. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What yeah. say it say? Oh, I wish a month would! <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but, you know, it's interesting. It These look. planes, I mean, it's capitalism at work. I'm sure there's a branch of psychology where they study this as they've taken these seats out and made right. them smaller, mm -hmm. and then they, they still have the recline function, you're creating a situation where it's almost impossible to be comfortable. I mean, I'm a person who, uh, you know, maybe it's how I was raised, but, you know, I expect to be uncomfortable on a plane. Mm. So if it's a middle seat or somebody reclines back, I just expect that, and right. I know that I'm going to get off in a minute. Mm -hmm. yeah. But if you're getting on a plane thinking that you're going to be comfortable, you're in the wrong form of transportation. It, they have but, shrunk those seats it, over it, the years. It, 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 it's all, well, first of all, they've shrunk the seats and yeah. they've actually added, added more seats. Yes! Yeah, yeah. It's a revenue deal. But it's sort of like the people who have this belief mm -hmm. that the bin over their seat <laughs> is their bin? Is their bin. No, this ain't your damn bin. It's their space. No, I've seen people <laughs> act a fool mm. with flight attendants. Mm. No, you can't move that. You can't move. I mean, I, I, the other day I was on and this woman was like, I was, she was trying to just the back, she was like, you know, uh, be careful, I have something fragile. And, and, wait, wait, now, and here's the deal, what she didn't realize is it was a black male flight attendant mm. who was a fan and he went, Fragile items are not supposed to be in the bins. <laughs> <laughs> Moved her shit. He tried to get on crazy ass white people. Right. Moved her shit. Wait a minute, because it was because he was like, he goes, no, Mr. Martin, 
your bag will be on the plane. I love that. <laughs> and so this, this white woman, she was like, oh, she was like really, really? upset. And he said, no, no, no. <laughs> Fragile items yeah. don't go in the bin. Yeah. Lord help me. I was cracking up. I love and, wait, and the other passages, the other passages, it was, it was a, and actually what made it worse was, so I had an aisle seat, was like three, row three or four. So I get on, and some white woman in my seat. Mm. Uh -oh. And so she stands up and she says, well, you know, I'm here with, uh, my, I don't know who was sick or whatever. You know, can, can 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 you switch? And I'm I'm looking and I'm like, uh, hell no. That's why I get. <laughs> no, I mean, there's a reason I request you, the aisle seat. You stretched it out. Uh, the reason no. the reason I request the aisle seat is because on those planes I can lift the handle up, yes, so right. I ain't tight. So I turn out and out. I got leg room. No. Well, another brother. Who, who watches the show, he's like, no, 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 I'll go ahead, I'll, I'll go. He gets out of bulkhead to go sit in that aisle, because I was sitting on the window. Mm. So I sit in this aisle seat, but again, I ain't, I ain't got to, I, I, I purposely picked the aisle seat. Exactly. Right. Yeah. But what was a trip was that, like, literally, these people had this belief that, like, no, 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 that's, and they believe that if I put it in, it can't be shifted can't or moved. Be, right. And he was like, no, we making room for other bags. No yeah. My man was like, hey, this is shared space. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Oh, it was, I mean, it was a trip. But again, some these people act a right. fool on no these sense. planes mm -hmm. yeah. mm -mm. and lose their ever-loving mind. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you. Yeah. If I recline a seat... <laughs> Help him roll. Air Marshal will reveal him or herself. Because mm. <laughs> somebody gonna get straight cussed out. Yeah. And it's yeah. gonna be push this seat one more goddamn time and see what happens oh, on this I see what happens. Hey, look. Oh, look. There will be bass in my voice. <laughs> There will not be trouble. Yeah. I'm just letting y'all know. Yeah. Okay? Can't help him rolling. I'm just letting y'all know. I'm telling you. I, yeah. I, hey, uh, uh, player, try that. Okay? That's all I'm saying. All I'm saying. Uh, we're going to end the show with this here. Uh, Reverend William Barber, they, of course, had their Moral Mondays uh, anniversary. It took place in Raleigh, North Carolina over the weekend. Reverend posted this speech, and I said, you know what? I got to go ahead uh, and do this here. And so we're going to play this. But before we leave it out... Uh, Tomorrow, uh, I am going to be... I'll, I'll be in uh, Chicago for NBA All-Star Game. Mm. Uh, there'll be a guest host, because uh, uh, today is actually my wife's 55th birthday. Oh, uh, happy birthday, so really? She, and so uh, I, got it, I got it hooked up real simple, because, you know, uh, bottom line is I didn't give the same gift last 10 years oh. uh, as a trip to All-Star Game. So nice. uh, I'm, I'm a guest of the NBA. Valentine's it's all good. Day. That's why uh, she's yeah. happy about it. Yeah. So, you know, that's why it's, oh, it's, it's perfect. That's how y'all do that. You gotta know. You gotta know. How. <laughs> oh, look at that! He ain't playing that. Right. Right. That's right. That's Everybody right. Everybody ain't able. I'm sorry. And I damn sure ain't. Not I damn sure ain't gonna apologize. So nobody reclined on that flight and tomorrow. You know, man, I damn sure ain't gonna apologize. Valentine's Day ass whipping. Right. And not gonna apologize for it. So y'all see. Uh, so I took this video before I left the house. Uh, yeah, seriously. Oh, uh, that's that damn 55 year old. That damn birthday queen crown on her head. Oh, got the crown. Sure does. Girl, I know. I was like, what? I said, what the hell? Mm -mm. Let, me, let me tell you how, how ignorant she is. Why does she go go to breakfast with my niece to order off the 55 and over menu at IHOP? <laughs> Just to do it. Just to but do it. she realized that you get free breakfast on your birthday at IHOP. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> so, no, she got 
got it. So they got now it. That's, okay. Now that's that's funny. Now, I ain't get the hell up early to go eat no damn 55 and over off the menu at IHOP <laughs> at 8 o'clock in the morning. Lord damn. Because my my ass 51. So I ain't. Oh. I ain't, I ain't and you, if you think I'm gonna go, was robbing the cradle, right? I'm gonna go. If you think I'm gonna go to IHOP to go eat breakfast early, hell, I can go to IHOP eat the 55 menu at seven at midnight. I ain't doing no eight o'clock in the morning. <laughs> so Jackie Hill, Mark's birthday. I will, I'll be in, uh, in Chicago for NBA All Star Game. Back on Monday, we'll yeah. guest host tomorrow. We're gonna end the show with my man Reverend, Reverend William Barber uh, dropping the hammer when it comes to what we gotta do mm. to organize and mobilize to vote these thugs out. Mm. I'll see y'all. <laughs> if I was at my home church, I'd tell you, slap somebody a high five and tell them I'm ready to fight. I'm tired of crying. I'm tired of mourning. And I'm going to fight with love. I'm going to fight with truth. I'm going to fight with marching. I'm going to fight at the ballot box. I ain't got to hurt nobody. I ain't got to crush nobody. But everybody... It's time to vote. It's time to intensify and embolden your agitation. Turn to your other neighbors and neighbor. Agitate. 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 Turn to your other neighbors and neighbor. Since they fear us, let's make their fear real. Let's go to the ballots like never before. Do I have a mobilizer? Do I have a witness? Is there anybody in here that's gonna do what you got to do? Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, 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 it's fighting time, it's standing time, yeah! if you're going to organize. Now grab that hand and say, you better not be lying. Grab her. Say, you better not. Say, you better not be lying. Say, say you better not be lying. Hold that hand. Hold that hand. Some say, you better not be lying. And some say, I may not even like you sometime. Some say, I may not like you sometime. But this year, we're going to put all that aside because it's time. It's time. It's past time. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. A 
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.